it looks like woke is broke. And you heard it here. Yes, I think woke culture is starting to burn itself out, and people are beginning to realize that it's a bankrupt philosophy. I've said it all along, you cannot ram things down people's throats that they just don't want to accept. And we're seeing this in every aspect of culture. I've done several shows on this. We've seen it with this forced affirmation and acceptance of transgender culture. We've seen it with a forced affirmation and acceptance of other things that really don't exist in the volume they would have you believe, namely interracial marriage. I have nothing against interracial marriage. Let me be very, very clear on that. It's just that, as I've mentioned before in the past, from an economic standpoint, if you're a merchant or a producer of a product or service and you make advertising campaigns, those advertising campaigns are generally geared towards appealing to the market segment that you serve. Accordingly, how do we explain how every commercial features an interracial couple when interracial couples constitute such a small percentage of the married couples in this country. It seems to me that these big corporations, car companies, you name it, are gearing their commercials towards a market segment that, for the most part, simply doesn't exist. Now, why are they doing this? It can't be because they want to sell product because you can't sell product to a market segment that doesn't exist. So it's got to be caving in to these woke uh, movements out there. Now, we saw what happened with Disney when it tried to align itself with teachers to teach kindergartners about sex and about transgenderism and everything else. I don't think kindergartners should be learning about sex in any way, shape, or form, let alone transgenderism or this this sort of drag time story time they try to do in the New York City school system out of out of control. And so they got smacked down for their trouble, did Disney, when uh, the state of Florida moved to strip them of many of the benefits that they enjoyed, a little self-governance down there in, in Disney, and um, now they've got to pay their taxes like everyone else. So the comeuppance is, uh, has gotten there. And it's gone in other places, too. We just saw something happening with Netflix. Netflix now pushing back against the woke employees in the new culture uh, memo. This came from the CEO. And why wouldn't Netflix push back? Do you know how many billions they've lost with the subscriber base fleeing because they're trying to shove content down people's throats they don't like? So the Netflix people, the stockholders, the shareholders have decided they're not going to kowtow to Um, dissatisfied, woke employees of Netflix who want them to put this on or that on. And there is a statement here. There's an article, and this is from the Inquirer, uh, the DC Inquirer, not the Inquirer, big difference, stating that 2022 could be the year of culture. America first patriots are contending for our future, taking backspaces that have long been claimed by the radical left. Now the left has always known the power of culture, which is why they have pushed so hard to control it and indeed cancel it. But their time of authoritarian control could be over sooner rather than later. Americans are waking up every day to the false bill of goods they have been sold. Isn't that, that's a a slogan right there, isn't it? Americans are waking up to woke. 
Getting Awake to Woke. That's a good title for a book, I think. And we cannot stress this enough. The left will lose this culture war. Americans are not on their side. You can't force people to accept things they just don't believe are right. The Democrats and the left supported Black Lives Matter, which is nothing more than a front group for domestic terrorists. They took a, a commendable slogan and sentiment and built a radical movement around it that had nothing to do with that sentiment. And now companies like Netflix are pushing back. Since it saw its first decline in subscribers in over a decade in the last quarter, they know something has to change. They saw how David Chappelle, who happens to be black, was demonized for certain things that he said. So a company-wide culture memo was circulated via Netflix earlier this week. And what it says, according to the article, could signal the collapse of the woke movement. Here is a key part of the letter, the artistic expression section. Entertaining the world is an amazing opportunity and also a challenge because viewers have very different tastes and points of view. Not everyone will like, not everyone will like or agree with everything in our service. <clears throat> Excuse me. While every title is different, we approach them based on the same set of principles. We support the artistic expression of the creators we choose to work with. We program for a diversity of audiences and tastes, and we let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus having Netflix censor specific artists or voices. It goes on to say, in conclusion, as employees, we support the principle that Netflix offers a diversity of stories, even if we find some titles counter to our own personal values. Depending on your role, you may need to work on titles you perceive to be harmful. If you'd find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you. And that's not holding back at all. In other words, they're saying, this is what we're going to do. We're a company first. And to remain a company first, we have to stay in business. And to stay in business, we can't hemorrhage employees, I'm sorry, hemorrhage subscribers to the extent that we have been in this last quarter. So we're going to do what the public wants to buy. Some will buy this, some will buy that. If you like this, but you don't like that, and it, it, it compromises you and your principles to work on those things that you don't like, well, then find a different job. Netflix is not the place for you. That's pushback. And you're going to see this trickling down all over the place. And now I see these people going crazy. The transgender protesters, oh, they don't realize how their content hurts people. Do you realize how many transgenders there are in this country? I don't think there are 300,000. Now, that sounds like a lot, but not in a country of 330 million. I mean, let's be honest. 1% is 3.3 million. This is one-tenth of one-tenth of the population. One-tenth of 1%. We have to turn the world upside down to cater to these people? And who are these people exactly? But acceptance of transgender identity according to a recent American Society uh, poll, is going too far. The poll asks respondents whether American society has A, gone too far in accepting transgender people, or B, 
not gone far enough in ending discrimination against transgender people, or C, reached a reasonable balance when it comes to the issue. While 33% of survey participants agreed with option A, has gone too far in accepting transgender people. 35% went with option B, not gone far enough in ending discrimination against transgender people. And 25% went with C, reached a reasonable balance when it comes to this issue. So that means that we either have, we have, when you add 33 and 25, you have 58% of the public that either feels we've reached a reasonable balance or we've gone too far. Only 25% of the people think we haven't gone far enough. And 26% agreed that acceptance of transgender people had gone too far. So that's a 27% increase within nine months. Now, in a different survey published on May 12th by the American Principles Project, 56% of voters in swing states supported banning cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and physical sex change surgeries for children under the age of 18 who identify as transgender. This included 46% who supported the ban strongly. Among the 34% who said they opposed such a ban, only 20% identified as Republicans, while more than 50% identified as Democrats. So of the 34% who went along with this lunacy, only 20% of the lunatics were Republicans, but more than 50% were Democrats. We should tell you all you need to know about today's modern Democratic Party. While 63% of respondents argued that children under the age of 18 are too young to make decisions on these matters, 22% call such opposition bigoted and transphobic. This is insane. There are states that are allowing uh, children to get these things, and the parents are being told they have no say-so in this. And if the doctors say it's necessary, it's necessary. Well, when it comes to these type of things, it's usually enlightening and illustrative to consult with people who know something about it. About seven years ago, I read a very, very interesting article written by a man by the name of Dr. Paul R. McHugh. Now, in case you don't know who Paul McHugh is, Dr. Paul McHugh is the former psychiatrist-in-chief for John Hopkins University Hospital. He's a current Distinguished Service Professor of Psychiatry. John Hopkins is interesting because it was the first medical facility in this country to perform sex change operations, which is now euphemistically called gender reassignment surgery. Dr. McHugh piloted this program, did long-term studies, and as a consequence of all his work, no longer supports it. And John Hopkins University no longer performs the surgery. Now, this article was originally published in 2015, but I'm going to read some republishing from November of 2020 with some additional um, facts added in. Dr. McHugh says that transgenderism is a mental disorder 
that merits treatment, that sex change is biologically impossible, and that people who promote sexual reassignment surgery are collaborating with and promoting a mental disorder. Dr. McHugh is the author of six books and at least 125 peer-reviewed medical articles. He made his remarks in a commentary in the Wall Street Journal, that's when this article was written, where he explained that transgender surgery is not the solution for people who suffer a disorder of assumption. The notion that their maleness or femaleness is different than what nature assigned to them biologically. In other words, these people have a body dysmorphic disorder. It's not unlike the young girl with anorexia or bulimia who looks in the mirror and sees a fat girl, even though she's skin and bones. The fact that she sees a fat girl doesn't make her a fat girl. And the fact that some man looks in the mirror and sees a woman, or some woman looks in the mirror and sees a man, doesn't make it so. He also reported on a new study showing that the suicide rate among transgendered people who had reassignment surgery, these are the people who got what they wanted, is 20 times higher than the suicide rate among non-transgender people. Dr. McHugh further notes studies from Vanderbilt University and London's Portman Clinic of Children who had expressed transgender feelings but for whom over time 70 to 80 percent spontaneously lost those feelings. While the Obama administration, Hollywood, and major media such as Time Magazine promote transgenderism as normal, Dr. McHugh thinks these policymakers and the media are doing no favors, favors either to the public or to the transgendered by treating their confusions as a right in need of defending rather than as a mental order that deserves understanding, treatment, and prevention. He's not unsympathetic to people who have these feelings, uh, but he thinks that, that validating it as something normal or amputating healthy body parts in order to cure it is not the way to go, is a disservice. Quote, this intensely felt sense of being transgendered constitutes a mental disorder in two respects. The first is that the idea of sex misalignment is simply mistaken. It does not correspond with physical reality. The second is that it can lead to grim psychological outcomes. The transgendered person's disorder, said Dr. McHugh, is in the person's assumption that they are different than the physical reality of their body, their maleness or femaleness, as assigned by nature. It is a disorder similar to a dangerously thin person suffering anorexia who looks in the mirror and thinks they are overweight. This assumption that one's gender is only in the mind, regardless of anatomical reality, has led some transgendered people to push for social acceptance and affirmation of their own subjective personal truth. As a result, some states, California, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, have passed laws barring psychiatrists, even with parental permission, from striving to restore natural gender feelings to a transgender minor. In other words, as I said before, if your child expresses these feelings, even though they could probably self-resolve over time, and they go to a doctor because you take them there for treatment, 
That doctor, as part of that treatment, is no longer allowed to try and change their mind or really discern if they really feel this way or if it's some fleeting fancy, which will be irreversible if surgery is involved or hormone therapy is involved. The pro-transgender advocates do not want to know, said McHugh, that studies show between 70 and 80% of children who express transgender feelings quote, spontaneously lose those feelings over time. Also, for those who had sexual reassignment surgery, most said they were satisfied with the operation, but their subsequent psychosocial adjustments were no better than those who didn't have the surgery. And so, quote, this is, at John Hopkins, we stopped doing sex reassignment surgery since producing a satisfied but still troubled patient seemed an inadequate reason for surgically amputating normal organs. The former John Hopkins chief of psychiatry also warned against enabling or encouraging certain subgroups of the transgendered, such as young people, quote, susceptible to suggestion from everything is normal sex education, and the school's diversity counselors, who, like cult leaders, may encourage these young people to distance themselves from their families and offer advice on rebutting arguments against having transgender surgery. Dr. McHugh also reported that there are misguided doctors who, working with very young children who seem to imitate the opposite sex, will administer puberty-delaying hormones to render later sex change surgeries less onerous, even though the drugs stunt the child's growth and risk causing sterility. Such action comes close to child abuse, said Dr. McHugh, given that close to 80% of these kids will abandon their confusion and grow naturally into adult life if untreated. Sex change is biologically impossible, said McHugh. People who undergo sex reassignment surgery do not change from men to women or vice versa. Rather, they become feminized men or masculinized women. Claiming this is a civil rights matter and encouraging surgical intervention is in reality to collaborate with and promote a mental disorder. Now, this is not the average man speaking here. This is not some non-expert opinion. We all have our opinions, but this is an informed opinion. This is a man who was the head of psychiatry at one of the most prestigious medical universities in this country that piloted the program to help people get the surgery when this idea of sex change uh, became possible with medical technology. And it was a bona fide attempt to try and help people. But after having piloted this program and supervised it for a number of years and doing long-term follow-up with people who had the surgery vis-a-vis people who went for conventional psychotherapy and didn't have the surgery, he finds that there is no longer justification for the surgery because it produces no better result. And that the suicide rate, and that's a big one, of those who have had the surgery is 20 times higher than the general population. So everything about this woke culture is whack. Woke is broke, and woke is whack. And nothing's going to change that.
And the Democratic Party shot themselves in the foot when they aligned themselves with this idiocy. They aligned themselves with this woke culture when they demonized Donald Trump because like a bunch of spoiled little brats, they didn't like it that their little hero, Hillary, I'm a thief, Clinton, didn't get elected. They couldn't beat Trump. So they corrupted an election process. And now the people who are so woke want everybody to wake up, doesn't want anyone to wake up to the fact that an election was stolen. You can't even mention it. 80 million people feel this way. And the damning evidence that came out in Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, 2,000 Mules, shows you just how it was done. So I find it a little heartening, and so should you, that we're seeing major cracks in the woke dam. First, Disney got slammed, and now Netflix voluntarily, as a result of business realities, is telling your employees, hey, we understand how you feel, and you can feel any way you want, but you're not going to make us change just because you feel that way. You don't want to watch something. You don't want to hear something. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. But other people want to and should be able to because this is still a free country. And hopefully, it'll always remain that way. For the Jamie Dury Show podcast, I'm Jamie Dury.